Hey, this is Justin Patch from Scott's Hot Rods and Customs, all from Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm the Hot Rods by Boys podcast, number one in the nation. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boys podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Rods by Boys podcast. Uh, I'm here with our, the main host, Mr. Chris Coddington. How you doing, buddy? What's up, buddy? Not bad, not bad. It's uh, a little, little early afternoon, like, or, you know, kind of nice time, yeah. time to... Time to tape. But you know what? When we have good friends like our friend Justin Padfield, who's what, three hours ahead, Justin? Yes, sir. Eight o'clock, Tennessee time. It's good. We, I appreciate you uh, being on. Um, yeah, welcome to the show, Justin. Yeah, we're... Uh, no problem. Enjoy it. Yeah, no, this is this is good stuff, man, because you know what? Uh, you and I have a lot of these conversations offline and during the day and during the week, and I'd like to just bring them here, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, are well, you well, you have you've, you've been how long? You've been now what nine months in Tennessee? Yeah, um, it's been actually uh, when we hit uh, April, like say April twenty third, I guess be the official date. Will be one full year. That's cool. Because uh, is is it is it hard to adapt for a California boy to go over there? Um. You know, I'd say I'd say yes and no. I mean, the, probably the biggest the biggest difference I would say that we've actually um, have seen is a lot of the everyday and day out stuff at fast pace. Everything's a slower pace out here. Yeah. In a sense, you know, I kind of I kind of joke a lot about it. You know, out here they they, can, they don't call them freeways; they call them interstates. Yes. You know, and like in California, I would I would be flipped off probably every day on the freeway <laughs> or brake check. <laughs> <laughs> or cut off and out here i haven't been break checked or flipped off one time so you, you feel you having withdrawals you need to come back to california for a little bit no but it's it's just it's kind of comical you know i've been like I've, I've been hurt i was told by everybody in this town that the state state troopers can be this and this and this to give you a hard time they're going to bust your balls all these great things i've been pulled over four times with state troopers yeah and i haven't gotten a ticket one time they want to pull on and talk about hot rods. And, <laughs> right on. Well, and, and that's and, something I mean, we... I'm talking the, 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 you know, the, the black dark jumpsuit guys for black dark cars. I mean, it's funny, you know, and, you know, so you just go with the flow, but I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, it's not too bad. You have, you have a true four season weather out here compared to California. And that's probably the biggest difference as well for just, you know, life wise for, you know, true four seasons. I mean, we got here in the summertime last last year. You know, it was obviously you know sticky and humid and thick. You know, but we were kind of used to that for the shows we've done over the years out in the Midwest. Yeah, you, in the summertime. You hit a lot of the shows, so you're familiar with every part of the country. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, we should say, you know, for those of you that do not know Justin Padfield, he's the owner of Scott's Hot Rods. Um, you know, not only do you guys do full builds, uh, you're a two-time AMBR winner, but you know, a big portion of your business is also building custom suspensions and chassis um, and other parts. I mean, you got to – I just saw your, your your last catalog, 170 pages. Pretty awesome. Just keep adding, yeah, adding yeah. to it. I mean, it's that's nice. actually – I would say it's probably our, our second real catalog, you know, that we have done. And I can give credit to uh, my marketing manager. Her name's Cameron Beatty because he's actually uh, picked that up big time for us. And, uh you know, he has the tack of, you know, the typing, the words, the photography, the editing, all that stuff. Because that's something I can definitely that's, cannot do myself. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's that's and, a big uh, that's a big undertaking. I mean, a hundred. I mean, just just to do a sixteen twenty four page uh, catalog takes some time, but one hundred and seventy page that's like uh, 
you're up there with the uh, Sears Roebuck catalog, buddy. <laughs> right? Well, I want to. I want to like to say Sears Roebuck, but uh, what, 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 was... <laughs> <laughs> you're up there. You're not up there with a McMaster car. That's a huge catalog. That's no, a McMaster month. car is gigantic, my friend. They send a catalog every quarter to your customers. God, it's every crazy, day. right? I mean, that's that's like four times bigger than the Bible. Yeah, it's, like, it's huge. Yeah, it's like that one that you get delivered here to the office, the office supply one. Oh yeah, like Uline. I mean, Uline's got to have at least five bucks in each of these oh, catalogs, yeah. and they send it. They send it like every month. I know, I know. I know. We 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 get one probably a new one every every two weeks. I would say from Uline. It's funny, and they're they're thick, like you know. But uh, but I no, like I said the catalog for us. You know, I mean, you know, our biggest thing for us in the catalog is really to show people you know, everything that we actually do do with uh, various different chassis components, suspension systems, uh, billet billet products, and, and and also showcase some of the cars we have done. You know, we don't we don't showcase every car that we've done, but we show yeah. some of the b- bigger ones, I guess you want to say. And, and really just, you know, show and give credit to the vendors that we actually do business with. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you're definitely um... – you know, you're one of my customers, and uh, you're definitely a good representative of the product. You know. Um, yeah, well, like I said, you know, I mean, the wheels, the wheels that uh, you know that, that are supplied by by you guys for to us. To be honest with you, I feel are some of the nicer designs in the market. You know, they're fresh, they're clean, and they're not so gaudy looking, in my opinion. And they're not, and they don't have that, you know, that old school style because a lot of the wheel companies out there. Not naming names, but a lot of them have the same designs for the last fifteen years. Yeah, and or you know, not not just same designs, but they're using the same type of machining techniques or the same finishing techniques, and or using the same powder coat colors. It's like we're always looking to see what's going to be cool and what looks cool, and you know, especially yeah, especially like working. It it really is a collaboration. I just don't sit here in a vacuum and just go, "This is going to be the next best wheel," and it it, it ends up be, you know like you know, giving it to guys like yourself and whatever, it ends up being the next best wheel. No, it's a collaboration. You know, I'm over here building wheels. You know, I, you know like I deal with you, and then you're going to be dealing with Eric Brockmeyer, who's designing, uh, you know, helping you just render this car out to your vision. And and then it's like, okay, I, I get to work with Eric on the wheels. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a team effort for sure, you know. Oh no, it's definitely a team effort. I mean, I mean, it, it comes down obviously yourself. You know, your your guys that work for you, and then obviously my crew, the guys that work for me, and also Eric Brockmeyer. I mean, um, in all honesty, you know, he's probably, I'd say, probably one of the most talented designers out there to this day, in my opinion, and probably the best. Super, you know, yeah, super nice guy. We had him on the show. Super nice guy. Super easy to deal with. Um, you know, and uh, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think we, you and I, might have been a bad influence on the guy over the last few years because uh, he was a super. Yeah, he, he was he like wants, a nice, like Boy it. Scout kind of guy, like church, yeah. church going guy. And then next thing you know, he's hang, next thing you know, he's hanging out with me and you, and he starts cussing. He starts, you know. I, you yeah, know. he like he likes to point the finger at us. Like I know that for sure. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, he's flipping I mean, people he, off. He'll, he'll call me, he'll call me on the phone at the shop and not say hello, Justin. He'll say hello, asshole. <laughs> And <laughs> hey, which, which, hey, you know what? Uh, which I remember this is years ago. I, I remember at the uh, LA Roadster show, um, I remember pushing, I think it was my youngest daughter. So let's say she's nine now. She, this was probably when she was two or three. I remember pushing her up, and I was just like, hey, 
uh, I'm like, hey, Justin, don't say anything bad about about me. Right. In front of my daughter. Yeah. Right. You know, giving the old disclaimer, like, hey, she's, you know, and you go, yeah, don't worry. I won't fag it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, and then fast forward years, you know, a few yeah. years later, because how old is your son now? Five, five years old, five. So I remember like, say, three years ago. I'm calling him and he puts me on speaker and he goes just instantly jumps into, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, Hey, by the way, I have my son in the car and on speaker. So don't, <laughs> don't say anything. Like, Here comes any, the yeah. Watch your language. I'm like, Oh yeah. Justin Padfield's telling me to watch my language. This is comical. You know? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, when, when I, when I obviously had my son, I mean, it's my only child I have it, you know, it changed my life. 10,000%. It really did. And, <laughs> I, I, and you know what? And, I, I saw it. I saw it from the, from the, you know, from uh, sitting where I'm sitting. I saw that it changed you. Yeah. And obviously I say for the better way, you know, yeah. and, and obviously getting, getting married, you know, um, you know, my wife has changed my life around 10,000% as well too. You know, just, just, I'm, I'm not going to say tame me like I was a wild guy, but just tame my personality and, how to, you know, be, you know, not so direct, you know, and be yeah. more reserved, you know, in a sense, you know, and you know, that's, that's definitely helped out as well too, you know, yeah, but, I've... You know at the end of the day, you know, you know, like I said, I mean, I've known you for, I don't know how many years it's been, it's been a long time. I yeah. do know that. And like I said, you know, your brother, you know, your brother, Greg, you know, yeah. other, other good dude, you know, your mom, you know, good, good person as well too. And, um, I think it started, you know, from back. I mean, I'm 45 years old now. Yeah, let's talk about was, that because you know what? You actually, you and I, um, we graduated high school at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, we graduated. You graduated high school at the same time. You went to Crespi. Yeah. And, and I went to St. John Bosco. And we were both in the same league. And uh, you know, um, I never. You played. You were Mr. Baseball. And, uh, yeah, I played. Yeah, I played. Played baseball. Played football. I mean, I tore tore my knee out in my sophomore year in uh, high school, and it was actually I remember it was during during Hell Week of all things, and um, I actually have a phony ligament in my knee in my knee now of all things too. You know, from that from yeah. that situation. But but you know, with that, you know, I was told I was never gonna walk again and never do all these great things. And obviously, you know, you're. 15, 14 years old, and you're thinking there's that's no, that's not going to happen. I yeah. think I was 15 when that happened, and you know, so you go through like, extreme physical therapy, you know, with the best uh, at the time, the best physical therapist in Los Angeles that 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 was there, you know, sport sport doctors, and yeah. uh, got got back and playing. Obviously, football was over for the for the rest of my for the rest of my high school career, and I just focused on baseball. But I've been playing baseball since I was probably about four years old. And, uh, four, you know, four seasons, you know, winter, fall, summer ball, spring ball and yep. all that. And, you know, and my, and my dad, it was, um, a big part of my life growing up because my mom was an absent person. Um, and, uh, lived with my dad f- full time from the time I was born to the time I was 17 years old. And, yeah. um, but he, he had me with various, you know, hitting, hitting coaches, pitching coaches, fielding coaches. I mean, just year round stuff. And, baseball camp so he was he was providing the needs you know for me to to do it as long as I took it in and obviously when high school came around I you know my my name got put up in the amateur draft and I got picked up and uh I thought hell my life's gonna be different from now which it was but uh 
You know, like I said, when I first short, I uh, I was under under contract, and I I got a I was working part time at a glass shop, and I took a fall for a four foot ladder, and hit my head in the concrete floor, and suffered what they call a severe head concussion. And um, dur- during that time, what happened when they woke me up with like that? I guess we'll call it a smelling salt. I guess it was. Yeah. And uh, and I remember this happening yesterday. They asked me, I said, um, "Do you know where you're at?" I said, no, well, do you know who the president of the United States is? I go, yep, who's that? That's me. I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> and they start, they started laughing. And but I remember getting taken in the ambulance. And I remember in the ambulance, I started shaking really bad, and I had no idea what it was. And um, what I was, uh, what I was having was what we'll call a grand mal seizure. Yeah. And then I woke up in the hospital, and my, and I remember when I woke my eyes up, my dad was sitting across the chair and in front of the bed looking at me, kind of like this in. Um, I guess I'm gonna say shocked more than anything else, you know. And uh, and like I said, that that weekend I had like three more seizures. And like I said, just from there on, it was just you know my whole my whole life in my eyes was over. And I truly mean that in a fashion where it was just over. Completely got depressed. Um, it doesn't ma- didn't matter who you were. I didn't like anybody because I was mad at myself. And my dad you know, really took me under his wings and told me, and and my my dad was pretty harsh and straightforward. I mean, he didn't uh, beat around the bush at all, and he'd just tell you how it is, and if you didn't like it, he'd say, screw you, you know, but he told me, you know, if you keep your fucking mouth shut for two years, I'll teach you everything I know, and what he meant by that, my dad had a custom motorcycle shop. He built custom motorcycles and choppers at his Harleys. in North Hollywood, called shop. The shop was called Cycle Inn, and um, <clears throat> but I didn't. I didn't like the crowd. My dad was a show shit with and ran with. My dad was an outlaw biker, um, and it's just one of those things where I I grew up around it, you know, with him and saw what things he would do, and so I grew up real fast. And um, but he, what he did teach me was how to, you know, just how to work with my hands, and which I grew up in the shop, you know, from. Little kid, all like my dad babysit me throughout the day when I was, you know, school was over and so on, and um, so that's kind of where where that all started there. Yeah, because you were but, you got uh, drafted, you got drafted right right out of high school, right? Yeah, yeah, I got. So drafted right so out when of high this school. is this is all going down, I mean, this you're dealing with this stuff at 18 years old. Yeah. And, so uh, did the, did the actually, accident did the accident happen out here or in Chicago? Yeah, it ha- it happened in 1993. In uh, Pasadena, California. Oh wow! It was in a town, town called Alhambra. If you've ever heard of that town before, I, I and, know that uh, town very well. Yeah, and like I said, literally a, a four-foot ladder. So if you imagine what a four-foot ladder looks like, and you're I'm six feet tall, so I'm on the top step, and um, the ladder, you know, those little aluminum—I guess you call them aluminum—little arms hold the ladder open. Yep. Actually, that, that actually the rivet popped out, and the ladder collapsed. Wow. And I went head I went head first in the concrete floor, and Jeez. I I remember falling to the ladder. But that's all I remember. I remember I don't remember hitting the floor. I just remember falling. Man. And um, but like I said, you know, so that was in '93 when that happened. That was actually August 20, I think 26, 1993. Okay, so we were talking a long time ago, and um, I had uh, 43 grandma seizures from '93 to 1995. Jeez. And um. And, and when you have a grandma seizure, you know, you go to the ER, you know, they, they contact DMV, so your license gets pulled. 
so I didn't have a, I didn't have a driver's license from '93 all the way up to about 2000 and I think 2000 2001. Really? Yeah. So I I actually got uh, drove around a lot and um, paid people to take me places. You know, it was just kind of a, kind of a pain, but it, hey, it worked out. You know, and uh, and that's and that's where it happened. But you know, but for me, you know. During that time too, I um, I opened up my I opened up my hot rod shop. Um, as when I got my business license, as I want to say, legally business license and tax ID number and resale certificate and liability insurance, it was in 1996. So Scott, uh, so, so so Scott, let me is it Scott your middle name or is Scott your dad's yeah, name? Yeah, Scott. Yeah, Scott. Scott's my middle name. My full name is Justin Scott Padfield. Okay, and. Um, my dad's name was Scott, but um, like I said, he had a his he had his bike shop called Cycle Inn. Um, he was not really into building cars for clientele. He worked on cars. I mean, he, you know, he um, him um, he worked he did a lot with Tony Nancy. He was a pretty well known upholstery guy and a yep. drag racer back in the day. He passed away, obviously, and uh, you know. So growing up, I was I was surrounded amongst a lot of talented individuals. And, um, you know, one guy by the name of Kirk Hamilton, Hamilton Automotive, who's in Van Nuys, California. No, very, he's still around. I know him. And he, uh, he, he, Kurt Hamilton's the guy I got my lathe from, my LeBlanc lathe. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt's, Kurt's, I mean, Kurt's, Kurt actually knowing since I've been in one years old, <laughs> you know, so, and, um, you know, you got Kurt Hamilton, you know, um, Harry Hibbler, um, um, editor of Hot Rod Magazine back in the day for many, many years. Yep. Um, Tony Nancy, Herschel Jr. Conway, you know, um, your father, you know, Boyd, Boyd Coddington. Um, I met him, um, for the very first time, I think I might've been like nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old. And, um, I used to, I used to go into, um, I remember what city the shop was in because I was, was, I was with my dad or Tony Nancy or Harry Hibbler. Yeah, if you were about ten years old, it would have been by that time. It wouldn't have been at the house. It would have been at uh, in Stanton. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the house. I know. I know, I know that because I, I went to the house that one that one time with you guys. And you had like, have a, like a little barbecue. Barbecue. Yeah. Out. And that was one. That was one time I was at that house, and I think I think it was Stanton. And. Um, but I just remember, you know, walking around the shop there and talking to some of the guys there and stuff. And I would, just, I would just ask questions. I would ask questions. This is just what I would always do, and just you know, listen. And um, I remember when, as I got a little bit older, it was actually I think it was at either the LA Roacher Show in Pomona or the Spring Nationals, which is put on was put on by good guys at the at the Pomona Fairplex. This is when your dad had, you know, the double double stack semi trucks there. I think he had two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, pull pull in there and he'd have his wheels deep and, you know, I don't know, ten to fifteen hot rods on display and he'd he was sitting in his chair. I remember him remember wearing his bright Hawaiian shirt and his glasses and uh I remember walking up to him and he and he remembered he was as as a little kid and he's remember telling him, you know, I see, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a car one day that's gonna win the AMBR. And uh, he says, "Well, you got a lot of year, you got a lot of years ahead of you to do that." And um, and but that I think was at that show there, I had a, a frame on display. It was a 1932 Ford Roadster uh, frame that I built. And this is what this is like ago. late 90s, right? This is like 98. Oh yeah, this is this is late 90s. Yeah, yeah. 90, 90, 97, 98 range. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was. And um, 
it was actually a frame that I built. Um, I actually uh, had a, a, a custom painter by the name of Gene Winfield um, actually paint the frame for me. He painted it a pearl tangerine orange. And who's uh, that? I don't. The name doesn't sound familiar. I'm yeah, just, I know. Just He's kidding. Old, old guy been slinging <laughs> Bondo painting cars for like a thousand. So you had years. him. So you had his name attached to that that chassis. Then that's cool. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, nice. I did. Yeah. Yeah, Gene, Gene used to take me around to a lot of the good guys' shows with him in the very beginning. And uh, it never made any sense because he would, he would set up these tables and sell, like, furry dice. And, like, you'd have, like, uh, models from, like, the 60s on black and white pictures and have them all in his booth. Sell stuff for, like, 25 cents, dollars $5, $8, $10. Yeah. And, but... You know, he met me, he introduced me to um, um, various people in the industry, you know, at the time that were there from Fat Jack, Pete Shapours, um, Jake, uh, Jake from, you know, um, Pete and Jake. Yep. I mean, all these people, but it was all met through Gene Winters at the time because they were at the, a lot of the good guys' events. And, um, you know, I remember geniuses always say, you know, hey, this this kid, you know, he's 19 years old and he's got a lot of talent and he, he'll be somebody one of these days. And it was just you know, like I said, so it was kind of humbling at the time that, you know, hey, Gene at the time was already very well known for what, he, what he's done. Oh, for sure. And still to this day, he's very well known. And I think now, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's like 92, 93 years old and still still kicking ass. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, so, so again, at the end of the day, I, I like to say I grew up around a lot of talented individuals, uh, surrounded them. I'm like saying just, just like a sponge. You, you so you t- it, so but, basically uh, you, you took your dad's advice and you just shut up and you listened. Yeah. Not yeah, just to him, correct. not just to him, but everybody else around you. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing is cause you know, the, when you're, you know, when you're 19, I mean, come on, man, you know, your brain doesn't fully develop till you're like 25, 26. Right. So when you're an 18, 19 year old kid and you think, you know, everything, right. But you had a special circumstance cause you, you, you hit your head, you know, so you're, yeah. you're, you're not only are you, you know, I mean, I, I can imagine where you were at. You got drafted to with the Cubs, right? Yep. And he, I mean, I mean, tell that story. You told me that story. That's funny story. When you got drafted the day you got drafted, what happened? Oh yeah. No, tell the, me this story. Yeah, the, this is good. Well, the, <laughs> well, the, like I said, I always, uh, when I, when I was in high school, I, I had a 46 Ford coupe that I drove, that I drove to school. Okay. And, um, I had various, I'd buy and sell cars like they're like changing your shorts. You know I'm saying I would just, you know, buy a car for a hundred bucks, sell a car for 300 bucks, 400 bucks, 500 bucks, stuff like that. But anyways, I always, I always, I, I lived in Woodland Hills. So you drive down like Ventura Boulevard there and you have like your Porsche dealerships, your Ferrari dealerships, Mercedes, Cadillac, you know, whatever else was down at the time. And I used to go into the Ferrari dealership at Woodland Hills. And was, I think it was Woodland Hills Ferrari, Ferrari, Woodland Hills, whatever it's called. And go there. And I was tell the salespeople, I'm going to buy this black Ferrari, you know, in this month, next month, you know, where the case was. And they always thought I was full of, full of, you know, full of crap. <laughs> and, um, so the day that I, day that I got drafted, I went, actually drove, I ro- drove down there to the dealership and they already knew I got drafted. So they already had the car picked out, paperwork ready to signed up. I had no money yet, you know, that they yeah. knew I got drafted. And uh, I'm sitting there in the chair, and I hear this Harley roll up to the parking lot. I turn on the window, and I went, I wanted to tell this guy, I went, oh, man. He's like, what? That's my dad. That's your dad. That's your dad? 
He goes, yeah. What's going to happen? I said, nothing happened to you. <laughs> you know, so right. He, yeah, so he comes, he comes in, and he and he and he goes afterwards. Like I said, he didn't care who was there. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? Get me a Ferrari. You mean no goddamn Ferrari? He says, you have a car, you have a truck, dude. Come here. You come with me right now. Takes me out like a little kid. Get in your goddamn car and leave. <laughs> and I left. So that was my that was my day. I was I was a Ferrari owner for maybe three minutes. <laughs> and I didn't even have a chance to even sit in the car and start the motor up. So well, you know time. what, man? I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and it's probably the that, that's probably the the one of the smarter things your dad did at that point for you. Right. I mean, Oh no, no, he did. I mean, like I said, I mean, growing up, like I said, I went to, I went to, I went to a Catholic school growing up and, um, and I was, you know, had to go to, I went to mass every Sunday, you know, all those things. And my dad, we used to drop me off on his motorcycle and give me, give me a envelope of, of you know, envelope of money and envelope to hand, to hand out. And yeah. I never knew what was in there. You know, I knew it was money, but I didn't know how much. And, but he would never step foot inside a church. You know, he would drop me off, so I'll pick you up in an hour. And he picked me up. And so that was every Sunday. And that was like that for eight years, nine years. And um, one day when I graduated, I guess, eighth grade, I guess, going into freshman, into high school, the, the, I call her the senior nun principal her name was Sister Francis. Sister, uh, we had a, I, I went to Catholic school and we had a Sister Francis. We, we yep. had a Sister Francis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know what? Steve Steve went to Bishop of Mott. Bishop Montgomery. Bishop of Montgomery. So we actually, when I was in high school, we played you guys in league play, Crestby. Yeah. Yeah. We're a bunch of old Catholic I school. I remember Bishop of Mott, Saint, Saint John Bosco. All yeah, Bishop Montgomery. Bishop Montgomery is in Bishop, South Bay. Torrance, yeah. Torrance. Yeah, Shamana High School. Where was, yeah. where, where was Bishop of Mott at? I don't know. It was around here. Yeah, it's, St. It's, Francis, all those schools. Yeah. 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 Okay, so so Well, I remember I remember Sister Francis calls me in the office, calls my dad in the office and just says, I want to say thank you for all the money you donated uh, to our school. And my and my dad says, Yeah, no no big deal. No big deal. And but later, I mean I think it was I think it was years later, I asked him, I said, um, well how much money did you give the school? Oh, it was a lot. How much? Oh, I don't remember, man. Why did you give us so much money? Why to help out the school too? What is this? So they wouldn't bug me, ask me questions like, "What am I doing?" Yeah. I just, I just did it, you know, to kind of keep you on the on the ha- on the happy side. And I remember, I remember the day that I got my, I guess, I guess I want to say my first physical fist fight at uh, at St. Mel's. I was in seventh grade, and it was on the basketball team during basketball practice. This guy, real tall kid, I remember. Remember, he didn't he didn't like how I slapped the ball with his hand, so he threw the ball at me, and it hit me in the face. And I took the ball, threw it back at him as hard as I could. And I think I broke his nose. <laughs> and then I got him a headlock, and you know, and you know, hit him a few times. Obviously, got broken up. But I got called into the the office afterwards. Got got suspended, but um, they put me on in-house suspension. Okay. Yeah. So. And I had to uh, roll around a trash can on a on a on a, um, on a cart with a rake and a broom and a dustpan and pick up trash in on the on the on the actual playground and the lot for about two weeks. And 
remember they called my dad and, and I thought for sure I was going to be in trouble and called my dad and my dad comes in and sits down you know, and they said, uh, first thing he comes in, I'm sitting down and goes, uh, Justin, did you uh, start to fight? I go, no, dad. What happened? I go, he threw the ball at me and hit me in the face. I threw the ball at him. And the sister says, wait, well, he broke uh, his, his nose. But he didn't start to fight, though, did he? No. He stands up. He's a stand-up. He gives me a, a double high-five in the air right in front of her. <laughs> and I sit down, <laughs> and he's laughing. And, and she didn't understand that. And she says, no, you have to understand. My son didn't start to fight, and it was all self-defense. So I feel that's perfectly fine, you know. And, you know, so he was, again, he was, he was quite unique. But when I got home that night, he told me, you know, he says, I never want to hear you start a fight ever. You know, and if you do, I'm going to kick your ass. You know, <laughs> what he's always say. And I wasn't scared of my dad because I know what, I know when he told me something like that, he would do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but like I said, you know, he, he was, I like to say this, you know, he was my best friend and, you know, my best friend and my father and, and hey, he was an outlaw, you know, of all things, you know, and uh, spent time behind bars and all those all those great things, I guess you want to say for him. But, um, you know, but he raised me in a fashion at the time, you know, to mind your manners, be respectful. You know, I can't I can say to this day, you know, I've never um, tried a sip of alcohol my entire life. I've never smoked a cigarette, never smoked a joint, never done any type of pills of any drugs of, of sort that are illegal, I guess you want to say. Yeah. And it's not that I'm some saint. It's just that I grew up around my dad, and my dad was a alcoholic, okay? Um, you know, he would get drunk severely heavy and be drunk for three, four months at a time. And when I was a little kid, um, you know, he was never abusive to me, like, you know, physical or yeah. like that, but he, but he would just be drunk. And I saw, I saw what it do to him. And I just remember telling myself, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I never, never done that. But I, but I saw a lot growing up, you know, in that respect, you know, hanging out with him and his, and his friends and all that stuff and things that he did and all that. But one thing, one thing that he always taught me to do was, was to be honest. And he says, and do the best job you can do, whatever you do. And if you screw something up, stand behind it and make it right. You yeah, know? and that's what it's always done because you know my you know in, in the bike world my dad was a pretty a very famous bike builder in in his in his own rights the things that he's accomplished and has done and uh and like i said but he just was not in the car scene and but i will i will tell you this i'll tell you a story though i remember uh and when i first uh i think when i first started doing business you know with your dad um it was it was funny and uh so what were we talking about what years we talking about oh man this is probably if i had a guess i'm gonna say when when did your dad come out with the first set of 22 inch billet wheels you remember what year that was 22 yeah Ooh, 22 that was in what 90 90 90 does it sound like even like 99 2000 no yeah it would have been it would have been somewhere probably between 2000 2002 probably okay all right i remember this now okay I bought I bought a I bought a new Chevy Tahoe. I think it was like a two thousand one. Brand brand new Tahoe at the time. And at the time, if you remember John Diana, oh, yeah. know, which obviously passed away, he was he started a publication called Buckaroo Communications. Buckaroo, and, yeah. And 
Yeah. And they yeah, they, they Buckaroo ended up moving out to Tennessee, right? Up by where you're at now. Yeah, they yeah, I, I think they did, but they're but they're in Tennessee before we were in Tennessee. Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think that company is, is is no longer around anymore. Yeah. And um but with John Diana, he had a he had an office in Oxnard, California. And um and he asked something to do with the tile and I said, Well I wanna I wanna get some uh let me get some wheels and he says, Well, let me get you uh let me, let me get you in contact with Boyd Coddington on some wheels and I said, Well, all right. And so I remember your dad called me on the phone and uh, he asked me what I'm going to do with the Tahoe. And I said, I'm just going to lower it, put it on some wheels. He says, well, you're not going to put the hydraulics on there, are you? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not the hydraulics on the, on the, on the, on the truck. <laughs> okay, well, okay, that's fucking gay. It's fucking gay, you know. And so he he says, well, what kind of wheels do you want? I said, I want something that's going to look good, something badass. You know, and so he sent us some wheels out, and I, and man, I think I think there were this is I think they were called the extremes. This okay. is how this is how long ago this was, and um, got the wheels. I put them on the car or the truck, excuse me, and uh, he come he comes up to the he came up to um, John Diana's office, Buckworth, because he had like a little party there one day, and I I drove over there, and. Um, he was all he got all pissed off at me because I didn't have the Tahoe with me. Yeah, I had it. I had you know I had it. I had I think I had it in my house where the case is. And he got all pissed off at me, and he was mumbling and jumbling and saying his saying his crap, you know. And um, and we let let it be. And then there was a guy by the name of Jim Dalton. Yeah, I don't know if you know Jim Dalton at all. Yeah, very but, well. Uh, yeah, Jim Dalton pulled me aside because he was working with John Dan, and he saw it. Don't worry about fucking what Boyd says, man. He's all hot. He's a hothead, man. He's all mad, upset right now. His feelings are hurt right now. He'll be fine. He'll call you in a week. And he calls me a week later, and he gives me this whole lecture and conversation about how I gave you a great deal on those wheels, and you're supposed to have that truck there on display there at that, you know, Buckaroo Communications, and this, this, and this, and all these things. And this is when I was, I'm not going to say I was really hot-headed back then, but it was just, just no filter, I guess you want to say. Yeah. Okay. And I remember telling boys, listen here, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I said, if it was such a big goddamn deal to you, you should have called me. I would have brought the goddamn gay truck down with the wheels on it. <laughs> I said, but you never, you never called. You don't communicate. I'm not a goddamn mind reader. I spoke to you like literally one time about this, this whole deal. Yeah. And he says, well, fuck you. And hangs the phone up on me. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was just one of many conversations we had, you know, but, you know, you know, you know what, and I've told you this before, but I, I see a lot of similar, and maybe that's why you and I get along so well. Because you know what, I, you you kind of tell it how it is. My dad always told it how it is. I I mean, I grew up with guys like Fat Jack and these guys that just they didn't give a shit about hurting your feelings. They just told you how it was, you know. Yeah. And no, well, go ahead. I get it. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. well, you know, the, the biggest thing, you know, I mean. And this is so. This is early two thousands. So yeah, I mean this. I mean that, that was just, that was just you know honestly you know how 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 I was raised though you know my dad always said just speak your mind say what's on your mind yeah because if you don't say what's on your mind you you tell them a bunch of BS and you got to remember what you told them last time you talked to them you know so I just tell the truth and a lot of people don't want to hear the truth you know and um, but I think probably one of the best probably one of the probably one of the best stories I got. About your your dad, 
you know. It was when we were doing um, uh, the 32 Roadster um, to um, um, compete um, for the AMBR. But first I went to Detroit to compete for the Riddler. And um, and this was with the... We had these... Uh, yeah, this, uh, was, this was with the... Okay, so but, so let's back up a little bit. Because this is... You just talked about the chassis that you had. Yeah. That yeah, you were telling people... Because tell tell a story that you told me about that chassis, okay? Because because yeah, oh yeah, well, that you, was, you had that, that chassis. Promo- remember, you had that yeah, chassis that Gene Winfield painted, and didn't you have someone like uh, Eric Geiser or somebody say? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Go ahead. You got, you, got good, so, you got a good memory there. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I was at I was it was it was at the show. I had the chassis on display. I had a uh, I had a motor that was in it. it was actually a five sixty SL Mercedes. Mercedes motor of all things, all bored out, fully polished, aluminum block, all this BS on it. And chassis was all paint. Gene Winfield molded it all in like a typical mold job in the chassis. I mean, it was nice, but it was like the first time that you saw a pearl tangerine too. I mean, this is this is back when it got popular and before it got popular. And I had a I had an easy up that I actually borrowed from California car covers. And um, I think it was like a 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 at the time. And I have the chassis on display, and I get I get um, <clears throat> approached about wanting to shoot the chassis um, for for like a magazine shoot. And um, at the time, I didn't realize that it was going to be such a bad decision to say no. I don't want it done. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But I said then, no, I can't do that because this is going to be America's most beautiful roadster one of these days. And he says, Well, where's the body at? Well, I haven't built the body yet. I'm gonna build it. Yeah, and and this is when, this is in the late '90s, right? Early 2000s. This is, this is late '90s, dude. I yeah, mean, this is late. So 90s. you're you're I'm, just this you're just this punk kid that's starting his own business. Oh yeah, and, I'm early and, I'm early and, 20s. I mean, at that time, I think I was wearing like a tank top, you know, you know, shorts, and I I mean, I never wore sandals, it was tennis shoes and stuff like that, you know, and yeah, and like, and like I said, it's just like I said, and I I didn't know who the magazine guys were, the magazine editors. I had no clue. You, you who weren't they were. savvy on, like, on the political. The political end. Of yeah, it. no, not at all. Camera, camera on a shirt, and uh, he asked me. I said, "Well, when's the car going to be done?" I said, "Well, again, I told you, I don't have a body yet, so I don't know when it will be done, but it will be done, and I will win America's Most Beautiful Roadster." It's just a goal I've had as a kid growing up, and I'm going to do it. So you can't shoot the frame yet. So I'm sorry, and and that's all it was said. Well, what that has done. From that day till literally, I'd say probably the mid 2000s or mid 2000s, it kind of like blackballed me with um, a lot of the magazine editors, and um, and and the only reason why I know that because uh, a reliable source that still works there told me this whole story, and I about fouled him. I surely told me the reason when he reason why those was going on because of that. I couldn't believe it. They they held this on for so many years. And um, so we fast forward it, 2007, the car goes to Detroit. But if you remember, Chris, remember that car? We flew that car on a plane out of LAX. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So because so, it, it had the wheels. This is Rudy's car, right? Yeah, this is, this is Rudy's car. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, well, the, the wheels got delayed big time. I mean, there's no question. They got delayed big time. Um, but anyways, when the car got done, it happens. <laughs> yeah. The, the car, the car was put on, um, an airplane, uh, Kitty Hawk transportation, which is Connie Coletta's, um, planes. 
Yeah. And they flew the car to uh, from from LAX to Indiana. Okay. And they put they literally put the car on a on like a pallet rack, like a aluminum rack, you know, and tie the car down. And at that time, um, I was working with um, Advanced Plating in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a chrome shop. If anybody doesn't know who they are, yeah. the best chrome shop probably in the world, in my opinion. And um, by the guy, by the name of Steve Tracy, and um, he arranged how the car picked up for me in his trailer and truck, and. When they got it, I was told the car was damaged. And they said what happened is the ratchet strap buckle was actually rubbing the bottom part of the frame rail and rubbed the paint off the bottom part of the frame. So we take the car. um, They take the car to to Detroit in their trailer. We arrive out there. We've already arranged with the the judges that run that show if we can – come in, you know, come in late. They said, well, you don't have to come in late. We can give you a, a pass on the one, on the frame being damaged. Cause you get, you get to like one flaw marked off your deal. So you know, you got to get marked for your points. Yeah. We went to a, a, we went to a Dodge dealership in Iowa, Michigan. Um, I have no idea where this happened from Detroit it was Iowa, Michigan. And, um, we flew in, um, uh, Roger, who was one of the painters in that car with another guy named Alan Palmer. And we literally, um, took the car apart in this body shop and we took the car apart. We basically sand at the bottom part of the frame roll back down, primered it back up, built it back up, painted it, baked it, you know, cleared it, polished it, put it all back together, got the car in the trailer, got to Detroit, I think at one o'clock in the morning, Thotorama. They um, let, let us in, let us stay in there all night long to get the car set up on the display. And um, and then after and after that, that Friday morning, they came over and gave us a grade eight, nice, you know, deal for being in the deal. So, you know, I said, well, this, this is this is this is cool, you know. But we were we were worn out and beat, you know, just completely worn out. And um, that year, the car didn't did win the Riddler, but it was a it was it was it wasn't a grade eight, which you know, hey, we, we, we were happy with that. That's cool. But, a grade eight's always nice. But but after that. Um, that 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 show we never showed that car for the whole entire year. That car sat in a bubble in my shop in California, and it was not until SEMA um, at the um, in Las Vegas, two thousand seven. Yeah, company by the name of BASF Lazarus um, wanted the car in their booth, so we took the car exactly how it was in Detroit to the SEMA show and had it in their booth. Um, Steve Tracy came by, that's again, the owner of Vance Pudding comes by the booth and so the car looks great. He says, um, I got see it. I got this idea. What's that? He says, I'm going to take this car completely apart down a bare frame and kind of redo it all and get it ready for the Grand National Roadster Show in Pomona in 2008. He go, and he looked at me, you know, like, are you serious? Go, I'm dead serious. I go, I want to. I'm gonna chrome some things that weren't chrome before. Cause they had a lot of paint in the car, you yeah. know, and just do do like a facelift on it. I go because people see the car how it is now, but we take it from here, go to the shop, blow it all apart, take it to the Grand National, and we just kick everybody's ass. And that's exactly what I told them. I said, and I said we're going to win in 2008, and I didn't care who was gonna be there, and I knew I had a big black mark going against me. I knew it going into the show because. I'm not, as I call it, the political inner circle. 
Um, I'm kind of, I guess you want to say, an outsider coming in. And at that time, at that show there, you had uh, Roy Brizio, who is he's an awesome builder, you know, in all respect. He just got done restoring that car called the Alley Cart that was done by George George Barris back in the day. Yep. You had you had Barry Lobeck, the late Barry Lobeck. I'm sure you remember Lobeck. Very um, well. He had his 44. He had a 44 Roadster that he was he called a 37, but it was a, like a gold Roadster. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of heavy hitters that year at that show. And I think Steve Moll had a car there, another great builder. And um, I'm sure his builders, I'm not even naming right now, but that, that were out there, that were all great. But when we're there, you know, obviously you're nervous. You know, you don't know what to expect, you know. And yeah, everybody, everybody talking, you know, everybody hyping the whole thing about it. You know, Steve comes over from advanced play and says, the car looks awesome. The car looks awesome. And um, obviously that was, I think it was a Friday, Friday the show opened up. And it was Saturday or Saturday night. Um, I get a phone call on my cell phone. I didn't I didn't know the number. It was a number I didn't recognize by answer the phone. And it was your dad. Um, your dad called me. And and I didn't even know he was in the hospital at the time, but he said he was in the hospital. And uh, he told me, he says, hey, um, I hear the car looks awesome. And I'm going to say congratulations. I said, on what? He says, you're going to win. I said, nah, I'm, I'm not going to. Nah, you're going to win, man. I already know. And he says, you know why you're going to win? I said, why is that? Because you got my fucking wheels on. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, well, and a little backstory too. So those wheels, I mean, I watched those things get done. And, I mean, that was one of the first times that, okay, they were 20s and 22s? Yeah, there were twenty two, twelve, and a twenty by eight or twenty by seven. Excuse me. But and but they were they were full one hundred percent one piece machine. They were machined front and back. Yeah, reverse and outside. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was like the car world. It had yeah. a, and and what's help me out? What's the name of the car? Uh, the name of the car was called Undisputed. Undisputed, right? And so, if you guys Google Undisputed and you look at the wheels, it's just. It's cr- it's crazy, and you know what? I've I've seen since then. I've seen other wheels uh, be built the way those were, but back then, I mean, you needed a forklift to pull the blanks. Oh yeah, they're, they're heavy. They're you heavy. needed I a mean, forklift that's... to pull the blanks, at, you know, before they were machined, and then put them into the machine, and and it was just the detail. Um, I mean, it was just it was pretty impressive. But yeah, my dad was in the hospital. Um, and that was, he was probably, he wasn't, you know, he passed away. It, it was actually, uh, yesterday was 11 years, uh, yeah. since he passed yeah. away. And that, so that would have been, you know, uh, end of January, uh, when he, you know, when AMBR was going, you know, going on, but yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember when those wheels, when those wheels, when we got those wheels, um, done, I think, you know, and they, I don't know if we picked them up or there. I think they're not. I think we picked them up maybe at the shop. Picked them up. I don't remember now, but we got the wheels back. And Rudy, Rudy is the guy who owns the car. Yeah. Um, he he um, he comes to the shop, checks the wheels out. I remember he took his finger on the edge of the wheels and cut his finger like really bad, like really bad. <laughs> and but he just started laughing. He started laughing. He goes, "Man, these are badass wheels, man." And it was actually his design on that wheel because I think he took it off one of his motorcycles. I'm not mistaken, and whatever the case was, but it was his idea to do that wheel like that. And then, obviously, he got it all set with your dad and everybody else. But um, yeah, the wheels—one of those wheels—either you liked them or hate them. It's that—it's it's how it was. And 
but the wheels were so different and so one-off that nobody has never done anything like that to date. Yeah. In 2000, in well, there's a lot of there's a, it, 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 you not only were they super expensive, but there's a lot of work involved. And and you know, I remember Rudy coming around for, I mean. I mean, a year maybe, like just yeah, for, you know, just starting the conversation, starting the process, and then, you know, it it took a long time. But I, you know, um, but you know, but I remember, I remember, I remember when the when the wheels got when the wheels got when the wheels were like were getting done or getting started. Remember your dad, your your dad called 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 us up and say, yeah, these wheels are going to be fifty four thousand dollars for these four wheels. And um, I started laughing because I'm thinking fifty four thousand for four fucking wheels. That's, that's crazy. A lot of, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. So Rudy, Rudy, call, Rudy calls me. I said, "No, no, I know Boyd real well, man. He loves cash. He loves cash." <laughs> so he calls him up, or he goes down to his office. He goes, "Let's make a deal." He says, "What? I'll give you twenty five thousand cash for these wheels right now." All right, right now. Let me have it right now. <laughs> <laughs> So he gives him twenty five grand. So the wheels cost twenty five thousand bucks. The Mattels were fifty four dollars, so thirty thousand dollar wheels, which is a lot, still a lot of money for four wheels. Oh well, yeah, and and you know what? I mean, uh, there was a lot. I mean, material. Aside, oh no, there's there, a ton there of machines. Just done. like I mean, even even today, I mean, not much has changed changed in eleven twelve years, but um, it still be it wouldn't be a cheap date to build those like that right now. No, but like I said, that car. That car in 08, I mean, like I said, it's either you love or hate the car, too. I mean, I didn't, I built that car kind of, you know, really out of, out of my head, you know, on styling no. and design-wise, because at that time, I wasn't working with Eric Brockmeyer and um, any other artist at that time for that car, and we um, really just a lot of trial and error, and so you know, how we did what? all metals. Yeah, how, how was it then? I mean, you know, you talked about it. You know, here you here you are, and you know what? And it's a different deal now. You know, you talk about you got blackball from the magazines because you just you you shot down Street Rotter for shooting. Uh, you know, telling me you, you yeah. couldn't shoot there. You know, back then those guys were the gatekeepers. You know, those guys yeah. had a lot of power, and those guys yeah. had the. You know, it was like, you know. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, you're not that kind of guy, but there are people that end up kissing ass to some of these editors and these these guys at the magazines to get in the magazines, you know, and, and, and it's like now it's different. Now it's like your magazines need to like kiss ass to people to to keep them relevant and, and you know, to say, hey, look, you got some cool shit, man. Can I please shoot it? You know, because it's like. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, I, no it's, it's I'm, I'm hiring. I'm hiring somebody like John Jackson, and and he's going to take some awesome photos, and I'm going to put it on my Instagram tomorrow. Yeah, let me just yeah, pay him. That's true. Yeah, that's right. True. I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I mean, you talk about you talk about John Jackson. I mean, he's yeah, that's that's one cool dude right there. No, he's sure. a super cool and, dude. Super cool dude. And, takes great uh, takes great photographs, and guess what? You know what? Um, and he, and and he shows up and he shows up, shows up to your address when you call him up. And you know and what? You know what up. makes him even cooler? This this dude has a sprinter van, travels around the country, and, and rides his mountain bike. Freaking mountain bikes, dude! So he's my hero. I like that dude. Um, yeah, no, no, super talented guy. But no, the magazine, like I said, dude, I mean, no, but so what? So what happened? There was there was some drama with Undisputed, right? As far oh, no, as there, there, there was, and so what happened? Because you know, I mean, they, it, it they... just came down to where 
you know, I guess I guess in the past years of the Grand National Roadshow Show, from what I was told by everybody in the world that's in this industry, that I was not supposed to win that show. That's what I was told. And uh, what was the reason it gave you? Uh because I'm not because you didn't let them shoot the chassis five, six years, eight years before. Yeah, I don't know, but I remember, but I remember when the judges, the judges that judge that show. Um, at the time, these judges judged that show for like years and years and years, and they they came up to me after we won and you know say congratulations. And obviously, and I still kind of say I still, I still can't believe we won. He's like, well, let me tell you why you won. Your car was 100 points. I have 100 points. We never seen a car gapped and fitted this way before ever in our entire life of judging the show. Nice. And never saw a car this detailed the way this car is done. Now, granted, maybe it's not everybody's people's choice. But it was the most detailed and most engineered car at this show. And that's why the car won. So congratulations, and don't let me take it away from you. So obviously, you 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 go back to your shop. That was like on a Sunday night on a Monday. You're back to the grind, back doing work, you know. And um, you know, I remember a builder by the name of um, uh, Roy Brizio um, came to the show, and he says, you know, from this point on, your your career is going to change. You know, like you know, and I didn't know what he meant by that. I had no clue. You know, and, um, you know, and, and what happened, you know, I had a, I had a customer come in to the shop, fuck, I think it was that same week after we won and say, congratulations. Um, I want, I want to build a roadster and, and compete for 2010 Grand National Roadster Show. And I started laughing. Oh, I can't do that again. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. And we started talking back and forth for a few months. So that was January, February, March, April. I think we start the job in March, and um, April, 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 Del Mar Good Guys Show. I had Rudy's car down there on display, and I parked my trailer on the on the like the horse track where they do like the little you know training for the horses. Yeah, not, not where they race the horses at. Yeah, the warm up track. I see Brian Brennan, yeah, little, yeah. Um, pulling a roadster up on a trailer, and he made a big deal about cars being trailered, you know, and. I asked him. I said, "Why is that car going on a trailer?" Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't drive right now. Well, you don't, I thought you don't like trailer queens, you know. And he was, he was always cool, short with me at the time. Who is this? But I remember, I remember, I remember telling him. Who, who, who are you know, talking about again? Uh, Brian, Brian Brennan. Oh, Brian Brennan. Okay. Yeah, and I remember telling them, and every time I said, "I'm building another roadster, and I'm going to win the AMBR in 2010." Um, I don't care who competes. I'm going to win again. And I, mean, I told everybody and the mother that I was going to win. Yeah. And obviously, if I if I lost, I was going to look really stupid. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so we go out there again in 2010, and we and we won again. And um, yeah, and and we, that, we, and and you know what? I gotta say, we built the wheels for those too. That car. Yes, you did. Well, well, you, but what those. what was the drama behind the undisputed? Where did they have like a poll? Like Street Rider did a poll. Oh yeah, no, that was that was the thing too. You know, you know, you get the magazine out after the Grand National. Yeah. You know, they, they show like they show the NBR coverage, and I, and I can say, and I can say this like like it is like it was yesterday. I had every copy of Street Rider magazine from like the seventies all the way up to I'm gonna say the. 2000, 2007, yeah, and every issue that had an AMBR car on it, okay, and I mean, I, I studied these cars from the time I was a little kid all the way up, just you know what was different from them, from your, 
your dad's cars that he's done over the, from over the years, from the Q29 rush that, that um, Joe McPherson did for Tony Nancy. I mean, I go on and on about all the people that were involved with all these different cars I saw, but every car was always so innovative and so different and so one-off and so so like like the wow factor, you know? Yeah. And so when that magazine came out, I remember seeing the cover of the magazine, and right on the cover it said, should this car should should this car should have won the NBR voting poll inside? Oh, oh, so, uh, asking, asking, asking yeah. if you should have won. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, should, it, and this should, is should after you. This is after you've already won. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's some bullshit, yes. dude. That's it's yeah, part, part so of you being I, an outsider. That's that, like you know, you know that's like a, a before the word hater got 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 thrown yeah. around. That's like so hater. when I saw that, you know what it did? It 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 takes the high right down to a low. I'm saying yeah, because here and you are, because like, because like back then, it, this is still the internet, still young. Uh, yeah, I mean, Street Rider Magazine and Hot Rod Magazine, they're still the gatekeepers. They're still the guys, like yeah. the go to guys. Time, so, in 2008, so, I was I was 30, 34 years old. Yeah, and I think that was one of the youngest builders at the time too, if I'm not mistaken, either that one. And uh, but still, when that happened, I got I, this whole high came down like it's like he got slapped in the face and knocked off the ladder again. I'm saying it's like wow. Yeah, and yeah. I remember I remember call, I remember calling my my ad rep um, at the time. And um, yeah, because you're not just that. you're not just a you're not just not a car builder. You're you're a customer. You're advertising in their magazine. I was advertising the magazines at that time. It was Selling like your Street suspension, Rotter, yeah. Rotting Custom, Classic Truck Magazine, Trucking Magazine, Custom Classic Truck Magazine. I'd go on and on. I mean, and and those those ads of the magazines, they're not cheap. I mean, at the time, you're Hell spending, no. you know, thousand, $3,000, $4,000 a month per ad. Oh, easily. And um, so when all that came down, all this stuff came, came out of it, you know, they all try to make, you know, saying, oh, no, it wasn't meant that way, this, this, and this. Well, what happened is a lot of the companies that were involved in this car, okay, um, got got involved, and they sent letters in to Shoot Auto Magazine, telling that you better you better pull this pull this article, or don't pull, don't print this, or we're going to cancel all our advertising out. Well, it got pulled. They didn't they didn't they didn't do the next issue with the voting poll showing the results, whatever the case is. Yeah. And so what I did at that time, I actually canceled all my ads with the magazine at that time. Canceled them all cold turkey. And, um, and I did that because, you know, it, I guess you want to say it just really hurt your feelings, you know, cause you, I mean, as a kid, I mean, dude, as a kid, I was going to the Oakland Roadshow show when it was at the Oakland Coliseum as a kid, cause my dad had motorcycles in the Oakland Coliseum competing for, you know, for, for bike awards and stuff yeah. up in, in Oakland and go up as a kid and, you know, see, see your dad pop in at the time. He was rolling big old semi trucks in the nineties to these shows that nobody else was doing that. You know, he was the first of doing that and bringing these handmade one-off cars, machine bill of components from John Bertura and Boyd and on and on and on, but still building these one-off cars and you go, wow, look at that car. That car is so ahead of its time. It's so badass, and it's so this and this and this. And I go, and you go, man, I want to do that someday. You know, I want to win, you know, one of these awards. I want to do this. And then you do it, and then you get that print in the magazine. It's like, wow, what happened now? You know, so so that was that. Was that. You know, obviously, you forget about it. You move on. And then. Um, but then you came back, man. You came back yeah, we in, came, we, in 2010, we came back dude. In 2010. in 2010, you came yeah. back. And I remember, dude. Dude, I remember. So. 
we made the wheels for Justin. And I remember like, okay, it was eight, was it eighteens and twenties? I don't know. What size? Yeah, eighteen and twenties. And I remember yeah. like, okay, what was the story? Pirelli sponsored you on the deal. Pirelli was. Yeah, Pirelli sponsored. Uh, Pirelli sponsored tires, and we had the tires. Was uh, it Pirelli first? Because no. I remember you calling me, going, "I cannot get these wheels mounted. Your your wheels." Oh are- no no no! That was that was on the gold wheels, man. That was on the what? No 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 no. The gold car. No no no. It was uh, it was on uh, it was on. Uh, um, it, it was on the thirty three thirty four car. It was oh on- no, it was it was yeah. That was that was that big brand tire in Thousands, California, man. Yeah, because you were like, like dude, I- your wheels are too big, and I'm like, dude, these rim shells are made to a dimension. Like we're, and I remember you ended up having a, you switch brands to get them mounted, and you ended up pissing off because you either had BFGs on there, and you went to Pirelli's or vice versa. I remember, I forgot the deal. Yeah, but when the I remember at the big brand tire, I mean, it, it took those guys, um, man, I'm going to say eight hours. The amount of tires on those, on those. Yeah, which hoops. I mean, it was crazy because like, um, but see know. the way that hoop was, that hoop was tapered. You know, it wasn't, it's, they're different. The, that shell hey, ten, different. 10 years later, we're, we're still having the same conversation, but because it's like, it's <laughs> well, like, you just brought it up though. I didn't no, bring it I up know, I know, but. But you the, see, because he, I, I completely forgot about it. See, I, you, I you brought this stuff up I now, so that this is your fault. Not I my fault. know, I know, but it, well, but it was also that's part of the scramble. So it's like I remember, dude. I remember you, you telling me like, dude, you guys made it there within minutes, right? Oh, the, yeah, the Grand National. Yeah, I drove my. We went from Camarillo, uh, California, put to Pomona Fairplex. It usually takes. It's a good two hour, two and a half hour drive, easy any yeah. given day. Okay, we left, and at the time I had a, a forty-eight foot fifth wheel trailer, and I had like a, a four-door Western hauler truck, you know, pulling pulling the trailer. Yeah, we loaded that car up. We had to be there by twelve o'clock on Friday, or 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 whatever the case is, where we're not going to be dis- disqualified with the cases. We had we had problems. I drove the truck from Camarillo to Pomona. I got there like in an hour and twenty minutes, and. Obviously driving like an idiot. Um, we get there. The security, you know, little the little guardrails, the security gates were actually down. Yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't let us through. So I drove the truck and trailer through the security gate. Broke broke like the arm off the deal. They're chasing me down with the truck and trailer. I we pull in between the two buildings, unload the roadster, roll it out, push a car into the building. The show is about ready to open up. And we get the car there, and we go, oh, shit, we got to start the car up, go forward and backwards and all that crap. So we yeah. set the car up, go forward and back, left and right, put the car up, up on the on the, tur- on the turntable, and we're getting the, and they said we can And, and this, is, this is Friday? This is Friday. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody's normally loaded by Thursday. Yeah, they're there Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and so on. So this is Friday. We're working, we're working our, our tails off, and... Then the judges come over. I think the guy's name was Ken, one of the one of the main judges. Says you got to stop in the car right now. Stop, 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 stop. You got to stop. And um, and then I get told by our customer that we've been disqualified. Really? Um, from the show. And um, so they had they held some private meeting upstairs. I was not I was not allowed to be present, but the customer was. Uh, they had uh, Chip Foose, uh, Pete Shapores. Uh, they had quite a few well, guys. And, and, and Chip had a car in that year, right? 
Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a he did a car for so how uh, was Jerry, he? How Jerry, was he? Jerry how Magnuson. Was, okay, but but how come you weren't allowed up there? Because I was the builder. Is what I, is what I was. But told. Chip, Chip, um, so, Chip was a builder too. So, so I'm so I'm down. We had a little booth inside the building for. I mean, a small booth, like a ten by twenty booth there. I'm sitting down at the booth. We haven't showered like in three or four days, so we're sneaking like trash cans. You know, we're dirty <laughs> in every which way. And um, I get I get uh, I get told by the customer they let us back on the let, let us back on the show, and he says you got to uh, you you got to thank Chip Foose. And I said, thank Chip Foose for what? He's all because he's the one who stood up and went to bat for you. And he said that he want. he says, well, this is, this is not a Super Bowl. This is a car show. And all of us builders that built these cars, for us, this is a big shit, big deal for us. But this is a car show. And I want, I want to compete against the best, of the best. And that car right there is, is one of the best cars. And he says, so if you don't put that car in, I'm going to pull our car out. So that's what they that's that's what they did, and they let us back on the deal. And nice. um, so with all that being done, you know, I remember I remember the rear end of that car was leaking oil out of the rear end. Oh, I remember boy. it leaking oil like a drip. So we we had this little Mardi Gras theme to like a New Orleans theme deal. So we I put the wine glass right below the quick change rear end, <laughs> and it filled, it filled up with oil. The that's, wine glass, so it looked like it was like like. I don't like remember red wine. that. You know what's funny is I, I have a bunch of pictures of that day. I, I need to go back and look at that. Guarantee if you see it, dude, you laugh because that's I remember. Funny, dude. I remember the judges telling me he says, you know, you're you're leaking gear oil, and I remember saying, no shit. I say, yeah, but you know what? I bet you every car in the shop, I bet everyone in the show doesn't have oil in the rear end. We do. I got oil in the rear end. I got uh, oil in the radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got oil in the motor. <laughs> and and I go, man, that leaks. I said, it's pride as a surface, you know, is, is not sealed right, you know, and on and on. It, it is what it is. You know, it's like like you didn't, you didn't care anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you were just like, and, yeah, I get it. So I remember, I remember on Saturday, oh, Saturday night, um, they always shoot. Um, they always take pictures of cars, and they and they, they don't take pictures of all the ambient cars. They take pictures of a few ambient cars. And they say they they say these are the, if these cars win, this will be the cover shot. Okay. So I remember um, Eric uh, Geyser or Geyser. If I said that name wrong, I'm sorry. But Eric from sure have to be. Time, I think it's Geyser. Yeah, he um, he shows me. Hey Justin, this is this is. This would be your car on the cover of the magazine if it wins the AMBR again um, um, tomorrow night. I saw that's, that's a cool picture, and he did a picture of Chip's car and um, picture of a couple of the cars there. And I remember it was um, Saturday night. Um, I was I was um, I think me me and Chip were talking very very briefly just whatever was going on and. Somebody walked up and says, so who's going to win? And I remember I pointed at like a Silver Roadster. That car will win. And Chip pointed another car. That car will win. And the guy says, come on now. It's between you guys. And I said, honestly, man, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And I really didn't care anymore. I was just too tired. And so we Sunday night, they announced it, and we, and we, and we, and we won again. And, um, you know, so now, you know, you're – we're a little bit more happier now because we can we understood it now because we did it one time before. Yeah, it's like backing up. And it's like it's like a, you know, like like when you go to Bonneville and you break two hundred. Guess what? It one time doesn't count. The second time you yeah. back it up, 
that yeah, legitimizes so we, your 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 record. Yeah. So we did it. We did it again, and then and uh, you know then there at Del Mar that same year, uh, Streetwater brings me this big cover on like a big metal plaque, real nice metal plaque cover. It was brought to me by a guy named Tim Foss. Yeah. Um, who who I think is a publisher of Streetwater, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, comes by, brings this plaque, and I go, man, that's awesome, man. And um, so it was on the cover there from the from the show, but there still really was really no article on the car. But I said, okay, well, it's breaking the ice now. We got a little 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 media press here with Street Rider now. Maybe it's maybe it's going to be on the better better side of things now, you know. And um, so that was in 2010. But from there, 2010 car really left a bad taste in my mouth. You know that customer. Actually screwed me of one hundred ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, well, I, re- I remember I sa- hearing about all that, and you know, yeah, and I say like that. He also he also didn't pay the chrome shop, you know, money for the chrome plating. It was just a big mess. Well, and, and you know, that's that's kind of the thing that a lot of people don't see the back end of it. You know, they they see the whole front end, like the fancy shit and all the the awards and all that stuff. But you know what? customers ain't paying bills man you know what uh, it, it shit don't get just don't happen dude you know it's like no uh, i mean like i said like i said i mean i would i would love to tell people that hey i got paid a million dollars to build these cars but there ain't no no nowhere close to a million dollars i mean nowhere close i mean oh and, and that, you know what i mean that, and, and listen and, and and how many times and, and how many times have you seen a totally awesome project just go dead in the water because someone stops. They, they can't afford it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they can't uh-huh. afford it. And, and and you know what? You know we could we could. There, there's how many how many uh, jobs that you know projects at your place right that I've helped with, yeah. work on with wheels and it's like hey when's that gonna get done and you're like hey dude the guy's like dead in the water on money dude like I, I can't I can't finish I'm not finished it's, it's just shit for free because it's cool you know. Yeah, no, it, def- it definitely happens at my shop. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for it, the shop. It, you know what? There, it, you know, it, but, listen, it happens at every shop. I can, know, I, I mean, can tell you that right now. I mean, our, 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 my policy from day one is, you know, we we don't take any labor money up front. You pay as we go. You know, so we don't work in your car. There's no bill. And, um, and like I said, but in my case, you know, I have a, I have some cl- um, clients, and not you know, not naming names, of course, but. Uh, you know they have they have other irons in the fire. It's not just that. Oh, car. I get it. And, I get it. But see, you know, I mean, the, I got, the problem of I it mean, is the pro- the problem is that is a, as a look, you got your production business going on with, with chassis and and suspension parts and all this other stuff, right? That you know, yeah, you do a great job on that. But as far as a car builder, you're only as good as the next thing that you do. And and That's correct. And, and, and you could have ten awesome projects in your in your shop but if this customers just go just go dead on you it's like they don't they can't pay or whatever it's like okay they don't get done you know and then it's like how many times they go oh well such and such can finish it for uh 50 grand i'm gonna take it over there oh okay yeah have a nice life you know it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, around building cars are extremely enjoyable and very fun to do, you know. But there, there are some builders out there that make a very good living at it. And like I said, for me, you know, my my father, you know, told me years ago. I mean, this is years ago. I mean, my my like I said that 
you need to you need to develop a product that you can sell because yep. you're not going to be able to build a car for everybody out there you talk to. And yep. he goes, how many cars can you build a year? At the time, I think it was like one or two, you know, at the time. And uh, he says, okay, how many? If you developed a product, how many products can you sell a year? I said, oh, I have no idea. I got no products yet, you know. And uh, so, uh, what I did then is I really went down to the drawing board and I developed a independent suspension that worked on airbags. And um, it took me six months to build a damn thing, you know, with uh, in the shop how we did it. But at the time, you know, I didn't have any CNC machines, didn't have any high definition, you know, cutting machines or press brakes or so on. You know, I had a manual mill, manual lathe, and we knocked, we we did it, got it done. And, I mean, it looked like a pile of shit of all things, but it worked. And uh, but still, that first one was the start of something that we're that we're doing now. And for the last 20 plus years, you know, we've we've developed our product line from suspension parts to full complete chassis to one-off billet parts, but we're still building cars, but where we make our money at is in the manufacturing. We're 95% mailer, yeah. 5% labor. And what that means to the general public out there, 5% labor is working on cars. 95% manufacturing is mailer. Okay, so... Well, and, so and that's and that's that's the thing too is you you have the street cred. I mean, you have the awards. You, you're a two time AMBR winner. You know, so if someone wanted to come to you, I mean, you have you have what it takes to 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 make that happen again. But I I know what you're saying. So as far as the the products getting built, you know, I mean, the production. That's what kind of pays the bills. It's always was with what the wheel shop and the hot rod shop. You know, I'm, I. I make I make more money selling a pair of motor mounts. I did build that whole 2010 AMBR winning car. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and motor myself for 150 bucks. Hey, let me ask pair. you. So you, you know, before the before the reality show and the car show thing took off, you were you were on rides, right? Yeah, rides. Yeah, I remember that was so. So well, now let me ask you. I could be wrong. Was rides Bud Brutzman? Did he do that one? Yeah. Okay, but but Bud brought some Brunswick Productions. Yeah, he's a good. Uh, you know, I like that guy. Um, and as far as I mean, that was what two thousand two, two thousand three. That was in two thousand four. Four. Um, they did. They, they did a. They did a. Um, a series called called Rides. Rides. And, um, yeah, and you were part of that went, series, and you built that. Yeah. What, they, what was yeah, that they, truck? They, what they was went, the truck you built? Yeah, they went. Uh, we did a, the the show was called um, it was called he- heavy metal, and it was a fifty. I took a fifty five Chevy pickup truck, big window, and basically fucked it up. What people said, <laughs> I I cut the top off the truck, um, perfectly cherry big window truck. Cut yeah. the top off the truck. I made a windshield frame out of two inch round tubing and laid it back eight inches and chopped it ten inches and. We wedged the hood four inches. We put uh, Mercedes headlights in the fenders. That was like, at that time, I think the only second car that's ever had. And the first car was a car that uh, Troy built from Rad Rides by Troy. Um, a car you could name it, it was a sniper. The sniper, yeah, car yeah, yeah. Built. yeah, yeah. And that was the first to have those Mercedes headlights in the fenders. And we did one on the, on the Chevy truck, you know. And um, then we made the bed from scratch and 
put a, uh, at the time, a supercharged um, LS motor from Magnuson on it. I think it was one of the first Magnuson blowers, like in a supercharged, like in a hot rod type of deal at the time. And we built that truck in, I don't know, three months, two and a half months. It was quick. And when the truck got done, um, we actually uh, debuted it in Detroit in uh, 2004. Uh, not to compete for the Riddler, but it was out there for the Riddler. And um, it was on the front row, and rides or or they were filming out at that show, filming a show called Road to the Riddler. Yeah. And we were we were a part of that segment as well too, and that had ourselves. I think it had Chip Foose in there. Yeah, it had Chip Foose in there, and it had um, I think uh, Leonard Leonard Lopez from Dominator Street Rods. Yeah. And there's one. I might have, might have been someone else. I might remember right now. But when we did that, when we did that truck. And, um, you know, we won a few awards in Detroit, you know, which was cool. You know, we got a little, little bit of money. I mean, when I say money, I'm talking like 500 bucks. I'm saying that. <laughs> it paid and, for you um, to uh, maybe fly home. Yeah. And, um, and then we, and then we took the car down, the truck down to the Indy Hot Rod Performance Trade Show at the convention center right after Detroit. And so we got a lot of mileage out of that car, that truck. And what that truck did for us on that show rides is it, because I could have never afford to produce my own show on TLC with my own, with my own money. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, just, so what that did for us is it magnified the name Scott's hot rods, even to a bigger crowd that didn't know what Scott's hot rods was before. Okay. And that's also when the internet wasn't as big as it is now, of course, but it was still, it was getting bigger then. And there was so much, when I say hate mail, so much hate mail came in. I ruined a big one of a truck. I ruined this and did all these great things and all this stuff. Damn, well, then I took the, I took a forklift of all things and drove over the big window, big window roof. I kept and smashed it. Then we sent the email back to all those people that sent us hate emails, you know, to see yeah. that we smashed a big window cab. And, but when we drove it into Columbus, Ohio, Good Guys show, in 2004, I think it was, or five, it was raining, truck was all muddied up, parked it, didn't wash it, the truck was a star. I mean, wherever that truck went, people knew that truck. Yeah. So, so in that deal, hey, it was a grand slam, as I say in a nice way, knocked it out of the park with that truck. And, um, and, that's, and that definitely did help magnify our name, because even to this day, people still talk about that truck. And so I say, hey. I guess I guess you can say that's an iconic build that truck right there. Yeah, and and you know what I I gotta say that you know what Bud Bretzman did and you guys did with that production was, um, kind of where I would like to see the the reality show stuff go back to because that was really more about the build. It wasn't about the drama. There wasn't like, hey, this guy Justin's an asshole boss and he's throwing shit at this employees it was like no it was about the car well no when, when we did that show with bud that you know that show like i i can say this honestly that was not scripted at all no at all. i mean at all but I mean, what, and you know what it is i i saw it firsthand though because i remember like at just shortly after that was when you know you had american chopper going on uh monster garage was there and then they you know they they had my dad do american hot rod but then yeah, I, yeah. I just it just it just listen even to this day, you know, and, and, and I got friends and, 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 and customers that have TV shows that it's just like this drama, like, you know, let me, you know, just, it's, it's just like a 
stupid formula, dude. I'm sorry. It's yeah, a well, the show, formula. the shows now that are that are on TV, I can I can honestly slay, say I don't I really don't watch any of them at all. Except um, you know, there's one that you watch. It's Bad Chad. <laughs> Chad, what was it? Chad, bad. What is it called? Ba- but what? I think it's. I think what it's is called it called? Bad, bad Chad. Chad's Customs or Chad's yeah. Customs or something? <laughs> I mean, no, but but th- that's what I'm getting at. You know what? I don't know the guy. Yeah, probably, but, but, he's probably but, a super. But my thing is, like you know, you know, since you know, since our little TV spiel that we've had, without exaggerating, we probably get I would say an email at least once a month on average. Before it was like once a day. It was so bad. Um, production companies want to pitch a new hot rod show, yeah. uh, want to do this. And, it's, it's just... and, and the thing, and the thing is, it's not that we would never do one again, but the problem is, is they want the show to be the same type of show they're doing. Everybody else, totally. what, what it is, say, totally. say that, say that, Hey, this guy has a 65 Mustang. Here's a mature shop. You guys are going to build it and then show it to him in his house. Well, how many shows are like that now? I know. I mean, they're all the same. It's you know? it's so, so cookie cutter. And, it's it's just like I get it, man. And you know what? Um, it, it's just one of those things where I look at it and it's it's just like no, there's a different way to do this, and and that's kind of like why I do this podcast because I want to keep it real, and I, I want I want to like let people know about the the whole behind the scenes thing, the real the real deal. Because like we talk about, it, it's like, hey, Justin, why don't you go to the you know, if you just kind of hung out with everybody, maybe you get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, fuck <laughs> the Hall of Fame, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, you know, yeah. I, I mean, there are there are guys, and we all know them in our industry that make sure they kiss ass to the right customer that's got the right mm-hmm. amount of money that they can build the right car, and they just that's their deal. And next thing you know, they are building five or six cars for the same guy. And it's yeah, like they're yeah. doing the same formula on the same thing. It's like okay, that's their sh- that's their deal. I get it. Okay, well, have a good time. I got I got I got this I got this old this old saying, you know, because a couple of my customers I've had over the years, if you saw them in person, you think they'd have a pot to piss in. You know, I mean, just yeah, the way they present themselves and the way they care themselves, maybe the way they talk, and. But like I said, I mean, I like I said, those, those are my best customers. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I have some, I have a lot of customers in the past and present right now that have way more money than I'll ever have in my entire life. Way more money, you know what I'm saying? But we still treat them the same, you know what I'm saying? No, no different. I mean, because I hear these labor bills at some of these shops, again, not naming shops, where they're getting paid fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a week plus on a car, which... Hey, it would be awesome yeah. to be able to do that, but I couldn't do that. I just I would feel guilty, you know. And um, you know, so at the end of the day, that's where my as I as I'll repeat myself again, we take zero money up front when it comes to labor. We work, you pay your bill. We get done, you pay your bill again, you know. And uh, we've had some great great customers, good customers, and crappy customers, you know, and. <laughs> Right. I've had some. I've had some. I have great employees, great crew at my shop, and I've had some great employees in the past that don't work for me anymore. And I and I've had some bad employees that don't work for me anymore. Yeah. I'm saying. No, I mean, and you know, what, I, that's the thing is, what, you know, my my dad kind of, uh, you know, 
it, we, we call it Boyd University, right? Because there's a lot of people that have come, you know, started their careers with my dad or, you know, in the middle of their careers, they were with my dad, but they, they all l- took something away from that. You know, there was also a learning experience. So not, not just from that, that employee standpoint, but from my dad's standpoint, everybody, you know? Um, yeah, no, no, it is. It is. That is, that is true. That and is and true. you know, you, yourself, like you've talked about it, like as, and I remember talking to Keith Russell, he was like, yeah, Justin, I remember him. He goes, when we were building the B four hundred, he used to come by, and it was probably when you came by with uh, Tony Nancy, you know, or Harry Hibbert, yeah. and yeah. you were asking questions, and he remembered that. He remembered like you as a younger kid asking a bunch of questions, and yeah, I was always, like I said, I mean, as a, as a kid, I was always at Tony Nancy's shop in Sherman Oaks, California. He has, I did a lot of fabrication work for him on some of his personal cars there, and. Um, and like I said, that's where I met Harry Hibbler and met met Dom Perdome because Dom Perdome and Tony Perdome, were like, yeah. you know, like best buddies, you know, and and you know, stuff. But like I said, you know, I mean, but I will. I got I got to say one thing though, because I think it's the funniest thing that I, that I can remember of your dad. You know, oh, it is, I, I was gonna I, add, hey, hold on, I wasn't gonna let you hold on. I hope it's what we're, I'm thinking about because I wasn't gonna let you yeah. leave until you say this. Okay. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm. And you might have been part of this conversation, but I remember I remember he called me on my cell phone, and it was like waiting for those wheels for that gold car. That's <laughs> all things. Yeah. And he called me on the wheels, and he says, listen here. Listen here, you son of a bitch. You come down here, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> Matter of fact, you come up here, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Hey, <laughs> he hey, the phone. Hey, listen. <laughs> and, and, and listen, real quick, disclaimer. I don't ever, growing up, remember my dad ever being an I mean, this guy never, my dad never backed down from nobody, but I don't remember my dad yeah. ever being in a fight. Okay. So this, yeah. so there you go. And I remember telling him, I said, listen, listen, boy, I'll drive down on my motorcycle. I'll whoop your fucking ass, hands behind my back, blindfolded, and I'll kick your ass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it was, but it was just fine. But like, but then like literally like two days later, Hey, how you doing? Doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> You know. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know when he when he was like getting late thirties, early forties. Uh, you know, he definitely had a hot temper, and you know he he ended up being type two diabetic and stuff. So we chalked it up to that. But but you know what? Yeah, it it, it was kind of like that whole and 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 you're, you're definitely that's I think what I like about you is like, do we see so many ass kissers, so many full of shit people in our industry, especially with the TV shows, you know, people are just just like totally full of shit. And it's like, no, you and I, we got a business to run, dude. It's like, no, that thing's 500 bucks. I'm going to make it boom done. And it's just like, people go, Oh, well, I'm going to give you 200 for it. And then it's like, Oh, you're an asshole. It's like, no, why? I'm an asshole because I told you it was 500 and you wanted to tell me it was 200, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I used to tell people. I haven't said in a long time now. Probably, probably since I've since I've since I've got married. Um, since I've been married. Yeah, since you've been it's tamed. Just, it's really changed tamed. my. It's really changed my life around. <laughs> um, but, and I've noticed but prior that. To, prior to that, I would tell people. I said, "Well, if you're gonna talk about me, say some really bad shit. I mean, don't say the normal stuff. Say some like really crazy stuff. Yeah, come up I with mean, something. And they look at you like." what are you saying? You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, 
that's how this industry is. It's how it's always been. I mean, I mean, I I, I, I remember. I mean, again, uh, being a, that teenager, talking talking to your dad or talking to John Batura. I mean, hell, he was worse than your dad was. Oh, dude, he was. Oh, I mean, brutal. He, if he, if, he had a mouth on him that was just unreal. Oh, he was. You know, and you know what? That's the thing is, man. Like, you know, uh, the the way that you and I talk together, uh, it's mild compared to like, dude. I mean. John Butero, he, I mean, he was he was a rough son of a gun. I mean, I was a kid growing up, and I just I mean, hell, even 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 Jim Dalton back in his day. Oh yeah, you know how 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 he was. You know, I mean, no, no I mean, dude, I they mean, were they were brutal. And you know, what, John, his name was Little John for a reason. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world. But, no, he wasn't. But he don't give he didn't but give I, a shit. I, hey, listen, here's a no. funny here's a funny story about John Butero, okay? That I've heard through other people because I was a little young at the time. Do you, but do you remember the pyramid schemes going on in the eighties? I sure do, because I remember my 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 dad of all things, he uh, he wasn't involved in it, but he actually uh, helped out a lot of people in the eighties that got their ass beat bad. Yeah, well, know? so the and, the pyramid thing was interesting because there were a lot of people that made a shit ton of money, and there were some, a lot of people that got burned, and there were some people. people got, well, yeah, because got, it was one of those things. That as soon as it died out you got burned but um so i remember th- like when it, it this is how popular the pyramid schemes got they would have pyramid pyramid parties and and then dude so check this out uh when the hot rod shop moved over to to stanton my dad started having the pyramid pyramid uh meetings there mm-hmm. well um one night the uh they got busted because you know, I mean, it was like you could tell a pyramid meeting was going on somewhere because the whole street was blocked, you know, and there was rumors of people stuffing 20 grand into a back of a roadster to get away from the cops because the cops came one mm-hmm. night. KTLA News was there. It was, a you know, my dad's shop was on the news and, you know, but there was one night where uh, John, John Butera was at a pyramid and OJ Simpson was there, right? Yeah. And okay, we know how big John Butera was, and we all know who how big O.J. Simpson was. O.J. Simpson was, yeah. Yeah. So, so O.J. Simpson started started talking shit at this meeting, going, "You know what? This is bullshit. We're gonna take this meeting somewhere else." And you know, I got my friends. We're gonna go somewhere else. We're gonna do our own thing. And John Butera lo- looks at O.J. and says, "You know what, O.J.? You may uh-huh. know shit about football, but you don't know shit about these pyramid schemes. So just shut the fuck up." And it was just like, uh, okay. But that's the way he was. Like, these dudes didn't give a shit, dude. Like, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. We, we, you know, there's a lot of politically correct and a lot of really sensitive uh, people growing up in our society. But, man, you know what? Uh, well, there is, you know. But that, at, the, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, I can, I can probably count the hands – I mean the the people on the thing on the fingertips of my of my hands. I have all ten ten fingers still, and people that I can actually rely on in this, in this industry yeah. that I could call if I needed some assistance yep. or help. Um, you know, and there's some people again, not naming names, that I they wouldn't even shake a stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like I said. And it and it's kind of sad this that way because I I truly feel that this could be one big happy family because you're a builder you build one great car you build a thousand great cars people know who you are 
Okay. I mean, they might not like you, but they know who you are. And, but at the end of the day, you know, as, as I, as I say from us, you know, we left California to go to Tennessee to source our customer base better than we were in California. We left California to give the employees that we had at the time that moved with us a better quality of life. Yeah. We left California to go to Tennessee so we can expand our business. I mean, I can go on about all the things. Well, and, 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 and you did it and you did it for a lot of the right reasons. Right. Cause, because you know, it's California is very tough. Like once you get past a few employees, it, it, it's, it's tough to do business in. It costs a lot of money to, to, to I mean, I've, I've been, I've been as business, I've been through a gigantic credit card fraud with a uh, customer over in um, Singapore of all places, which you shouldn't, you know, we had an issue there and obviously it was a big old mess and we took the hit on that. I've, I've, I mean, I've had some serious, serious blows, you know, as you know, you know, the blows I'm talking about. Yeah. Respect. And, um, and as I say in a nice way, we're still here, you know? So I think what it does, it makes you stronger as an individual, you know, and, and people, people, a lot of people think, Oh, this was handed down to you. Well, you know, I, as I say in a very nice way, I sure do wish it was. It would be a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. People, people think like, you know, my last name's Coddington. My dad, when he passed away, like the, there was a bunch of checks handed out, and uh, you know, uh, everybody went on their merry way. And oh, it sucks your dad died, but hey, good luck to you. You know, it's like no. Yeah, I, you, I know, you, know, shit, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, my father died when I was 24 years old. Okay, yeah. and. My brother at the time was five years old in kindergarten class. My brother now is 26 years old and works for me. Is that Tyler? Years. Yeah, Tyler. Oh, I like that kid. Good kid. Yeah, he's a good, great, great guy. And then I have a sister. I then have Hannah Pass, who lives in California. And she's 20, 29, I think now, or 28. I think she's 29. Yeah. But anyways, when I buried my father at 24 years old, he was in a rehab center. And um, I, I remember... You know, I, I remember like it happened yesterday. You know, the funeral was a giant funeral. We had all kinds of people there and got all done with. And Tyler was five years old. And, um, you know, he didn't have a dad anymore. He didn't, you know, he had a mom still, of course. And that's my stepmom. And she she took him, you know, you know, you know, she, she took him in because obviously that, that's, that's his mother. And it was absent for... God, I think I think me and Tyler, my sister, didn't talk for almost uh, man, maybe fourteen years. Yeah, and and it wasn't because I didn't want to, because I wasn't allowed to, and it's kind of one of those things. And but as time progresses and got older, my dad, my dad made me make a promise to him on his on the hospital bed, and I didn't know he was going to die that night. But he yeah. told me, he says, "You got to make me a promise." He says, "Whatever happens to me, you got to make sure you're there." you know, for your brother and for your sister. And um, I said, what's going to happen to you, Dad? I don't know. I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Well, he died that morning. And, um, you know, so it's one of those things where I'll never forget that day because, you know, what it did then, it made me even grow up even faster now than I ever had to be. Yeah. Because now, shit, now I'm 24 years old. Yeah, I got my business. I got this thing going on. and But now, my dad's dad's dead now, you know. What, what am I going to do? I can't call him. I can't ask him questions. I can't, I can't get his advice. I can't, you know, all these things. I can't, I know I couldn't, and I couldn't. And 
but what it did, it made me put my head down to the grind, grindstone and really go go head first, full speed. And, yeah, because um, you know what? That's the thing is, I went through the same thing. It's like you're not going to just go in a corner and curl up in a ball, you know? And I mean, yeah. I mean, my dad was my dad. He was the call I made because you know what? Uh, in the last couple of years of my uh, of his life, my life of his life, uh, you know, I was over at American Racing, so I was doing a commute, right? So yeah. He'd be my he'd be my phone call on my way to work, and hey, talking about what's going on, and then he'd be my phone call on the way home, and it was just like I remember like the weeks after he passed away, just which is like you know eleven years ago, like today, like driving home from work, going, fuck, who am I gonna call? Like like I'd yeah. pick up the phone and I'd start dialing his number, and I just start crying you know just like hang up the phone and driving down the freeway just going fuck what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and yeah you know you have you definitely have a special bond you know i mean there's i mean like yeah. I said that you know but i but i do remember when, when my when my dad when my dad was actually um you know he, he he was he passed away and um i went i went to i went to go see him and i was you know was first time i ever saw somebody in front of you that's not not alive yeah. you know and you have to sign you have to sign you have to sign a release form because if not you can i guess you can flip out and you can sue them i guess you know but yeah i sat in a chair for like three hours talking to my dad and i was laughing not laughing i'm laughing the the doctor comes in and he says uh mr passfield what's what's so funny i say hey, grab grab a chair sit down he sits down and he starts laughing. I was telling my dad everything I did as a kid growing up that he didn't know about. <laughs> Every everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude. And Tom, you know, you can't do nothing to me right now, man, because you're not, you know, you're not alive right now. I mean, I was just I getting like my whole chest is cleared because I held everything in. Yeah. And you know, and then it wasn't until probably about a week later, dude. I broke down, man, broke down and, and cried for hours, you know, and it's like when that thing just when you really sunk in and realized, man, he's not here anymore, you know, he's not here anymore, and, um, but like I said, but now, you know, I mean, having, you know, my brother, you know, Tyler, um, he's at the shop, you know, like I said, he's 26 years old, I mean, there's 18 years apart from, from him and I, but, uh, no, he's you a, know. you know, he's a good kid, I told you what, a couple, was it two or three years ago? Um, we are at Columbus Good Guys, and you know, you know Columbus. Like, if yeah, when the show shuts down on Sunday, you're like, there's only a handful of flights that you can get back to L.A. on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I remember, I remember, like, I think it was you had like some uh, TSA pre-check or some bullshit, right? So you're like, yeah. you're, you're way ahead, and then yeah, me and Tyler are in the long line, and I, I remember like him, he comes up to me, he's like, hey. Here, you want one of these? And he get he bought me a neck pillow, and I was yeah. like, I was like, well, shit, yeah, thank you. He's like, all right, dude, there you go, bro. I was like, thank you, <laughs> you know. No, he's a nah, good. He, he, no, no, he means he means well. He just really does. He's a good know, kid, but, uh, man. But you know what? Um, yeah. I mean, you know what? That's why I, I, I you know, um, and, and you know what? I, I think sometimes like my dad and myself and your, yourself, you know what? People be like, "Oh, that guy," you know, come across the wrong way or something. It's like, but you mm-hmm. know what? In life, sometimes you're labeled an asshole just by 
speaking your mind, you know? I mean, you know, you're a pretty fair guy. You're just like, you you, you expect from everybody else what you're going to deliver to them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's almost like when these people go, oh, that guy, Justin, he's an asshole. It's like, no, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and you know what, too? Like, right, you talk about having a kid, mellow you out, getting married, you know, uh, get mellow you out. And uh, I'm the same way, man, you know? Um but it's almost like yeah. Well, you, you, you like I said, you know, people, people, a lot of people will judge judge a book by its cover. But hey, and, hey, um, Justin, how many people do we know in our industry that are just some fake son of a bitches, dude? That are just yeah, like there's, there's just like some glad handing bullshit that are like, hey, how you doing, buddy? It's like no, that's yeah. some bullshit. You know what? Yeah. It's like no, dude. You know what it is? And like my business, it's like you know what? Uh, you come to me. You want it, you want to you want a set of wheels. You want whatever it is. Guess what? I'm gonna shake your hand. I'm gonna take your money, and then I'm gonna deliver the parts, and we're gonna have a good time. You're gonna put them on your car, and that's it. There's not gonna be no drama yeah. in between. I mean, you know, we're building custom shit, so things happen, problems happen, and and, and you know what? Uh, you know, like, I, dude, I I don't get enamored with people like, hey, this these set of wheels. Like, dude, recently we did a set of wheels for Kanye West, and you know what? Like when the customer told me it was for Kanye West, I was like, "Oh Jesus!" You know, you're just like, you almost go like, "Okay." Those are the same ones you did for our suburban. Yeah, well, they're similar, real similar. Um, it's just we had to do a different profile and all this other stuff. But oh, so but hey, Justin, so you're following? You what, you're, so one, so one hold on, Justin, are though. you following Kanye or are you following me on Instagram? What's going on, buddy? No, I, no, I look at you, but it's one ugly ass car, though. I tell you that much. God damn. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, and, and th- th- these are the situations where they came to me saying, "This is what we want, but we want to do this and this." And I go, "Okay." And you know, when when you're going, there's a middleman, and they say it's for Kanye. You go, "Okay, that's nice," and you don't believe it. And then all of a sudden, you see it on Instagram. But um, what I'm getting at is, you. I wish I would have been more involved with that because I would have messed with the finish a little better. I mean, we executed yeah, we, we executed yeah. it exactly the way they wanted it, but you know, hey, what, where do you, um, before we wrap this up, Dan, what, what do you think as far as um, what do you think's going on, man, with the with the industry here? As far as what do you what are you building a lot of parts for? Because you know, you're you're like me when someone, you know, or or like you know, Eric Brockmeyer, for example, is on the very tip of the spear. Meaning that you know he's the they go to him first to visualize what they want to see, but it's like two or three years before that shit gets made. Me, yeah, I, well, with with, with 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 Eric Brockmeyer, um, I kind of have a I say we have a pretty good working relationship, you know, because um, I'll call him up or he'll call me up and what are you working on? What are you done? And I say, well, it's got to be badass. Not none of this. <laughs> traditional stuff i hate i hate traditional cars yeah and and that's the thing is so and, so you see it like at, at at the grand national still still to this day a lot of traditional cars is it ever do you think it's going to shift back to the more uh, the, uh, at cons- the grand national yeah no, no it won't because they they completely changed the whole judging format of that whole deal now it's never be the same how it was back in the day ever and, so uh, so are you saying that they're going to be stuck that they're going to be like, if you don't have a traditional roads, I mean, 
is independent suspension yeah. is it, are, are you ever going to be able to contender with independent suspension no really yeah no i mean i get what no, you're like saying I, said, because... no, I, I kind of i've kind of you know no because like i said i was i was told by uh um, one of one of our mutual friends by the name of Gil Losey. Remember Gil Losey? <laughs> Do I remember? Yes, I love Gil Losey. Okay. Yeah. Gil Losey told me, "Thank, thank, thank you to you. The Grand National has changed the rules because of you." <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, and that was the 2010, uh, right? Yeah, you know. So possessed. I mean, hey, if, if possessed. If that's what I'm, if that's what I'm going to be known for at that show, hey. Good. It's tough because right because I mean what what one what one at uh, at AMBR for many years was innovation and attention to detail. Now it's oh, like now now that's, it's that's just how like it always was. Yeah, yeah, that's how it always was. Now it just seems like attention to detail, but it's just it, I don't know. I don't I don't know. And and uh, it's it, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. But now, but for us, so like our business, like I said, you know, I mean, we're 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 building like right now in the shop. We got some trucks, and we're doing some trucks. We're doing a, a really radical '64 GMC truck for a great customer in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, the truck's actually an initial is GMC, and we actually call it Gay Man Coming. It is is his nickname. What, what's and, it called? Um, Excuse me. GMC stands for Gay Man Coming, and. Um, and that's Steve, 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 with, Steve. Uh, so hold on, hold on a second. You just said gay man coming for GMC. Okay, who came so, up with this name? Um, you want you want the real story on that? Oh please, come on! You can't gay. leave us hanging with gay man coming. Okay, <laughs> all right. This is about I was several years back, Louisville, Kentucky, Chicago Nationals. Um, we got invited to a um, a local Louisville street rod uh, car club, like barbecue at somebody's house. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Whose car was that? Whose house was that? I forget the guy's name's house, but everybody everybody was there. I mean, was that guy I named mean, Robert? Robert? It, it was a not. Yeah, it might have been. There was a lot of people there. I mean, everybody was there. Everybody. It's I in mean, a neighborhood, my, right? It's in a neighborhood. Yeah, well, yes. Yes. Okay. It's a it's, it was a Louisville street rod car club. Yeah, you okay. know what? There, okay, there's a guy that has a car show every year. Yeah, and my dad used to go. Uh, I'm positive the same place. I'm positive it is. Okay. Yes. So we're so we're so we're there. This guy rolls in a brand new GMC lifted truck, Duramax diesel. I mean, it was a super badass truck, and I and I like GMC trucks. I like them. Well, yeah. Guy comes in, GMC gets out. For, he's one. He's one of the car club members, and the guy running the whole party. He goes. Oh man, look at that, man! There's Keith in his new truck, and Keith gets out, man. Hey, where's your hotman? I bought my new truck, man. Show it off. You know what that stands for? So what? GMC, gay man coming. <laughs> <laughs> and he got his truck and left. It was so funny though, because again, these guys are, you know early, late 50s, 60s, you know what I'm saying? You know, saying the stuff. And, you know, and so we have this inside joke with a customer in Las Vegas, and he laughs. He's got a great personality, and um, that's what we call the truck for him. And he just he, he laughs about it every time we're talking about it. But we're doing that. We're doing a, an 84 Dodge truck, D100 truck, that's going to be a really radical truck. Um, 
uh, 50 uh, Olds 50 Rocket 88. That's going to be a radical. Um, 67 C10 truck. It's going to be pretty nice. A 38 Chevy Coupe. A 69 Ford truck. That's what we got in the works right now. And what, and what about the Cuda? And all, all the, well, yeah, we have, we have a Cuda that um, will be badass um, one of these days, whenever <laughs> it gets done. Um, that car right now. Right? Is I mean, that's – that dude, seriously, like – that's that, that car that car right now is in hi- hibernation i know right man. now i mean it would, that, that's a but that see I'm, I'm, and that's that's why i'm glad we're talking about this stuff because it's just like hey dude i get it like people start these projects they have things going on in their lives but then all of a sudden like your reputation and your your uh you know you just just you're building these cars it hangs in the balance of them being able to afford the project and it's like yeah dude well, that's that that's, why, was, that's why that again uh, we shifted. Ass. That's why again we've shifted our business years ago into more manufacturing and focus on that. I get it, man. And you know, you're doing a good job, dude. And you know what? I'm glad that you. You know what? People talk shit on California every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm proud of you that you took your base and you took it to Tennessee. And you're like, look. I'm paying California salaries, but I'm living in Tennessee, and we're gonna keep cranking this shit out because you're you're rocking the boat, and you're creating good good product, and you, you know you got this shit going on, dude. You know? Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely. But again, it's not. And I can't I can't take all the credit for myself though. No. You got a you got a good all my guys. You built a good crew. You got a good crew going on. You established that. My guys been me for 18 years working there. Yeah. Um. 10 years, 12 years, 8 years, 12, 15 years, you know, so I mean. How's Sev doing? Definitely a, definitely a good career. He gets along very, very well. It is, get along good. Hey, did Sev move with you over there? Yeah, Severy Sev, Sev, Blake. Yeah, Sev is actually uh, one, of our, one, of our, one of my main guys and uh, he's been with me for <laughs> going over 18 years now. How's he doing? He's doing great, you know. He, uh, him, well, and his wife bought a house out here. That's awesome, um, dude. Tell him, I, tell yeah. him, I said hi. I'm sure, unless he hears this podcast first, <laughs> right? Yeah, but now nah, he's, now nah, he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely doing good. And uh, he fishes every day. He likes to fish. <laughs> that's you know? awesome. Right. But you know, what? that's awesome because in California, it's like where are you. Well, you guys live close to the beach, so you could fish at the beach. But nah, we didn't like I said, man. The beach, the beach, yeah, was. Five minutes from where we lived at, we went. We didn't go to the beach very often. Yeah. You know, it's just like I said, you live there, you just didn't go. You know, I mean, and in California, man, it was different. It really was, and I and I say this in a in a in a really straight straight up way. It was yeah. way different. It was it was like we work all day, you go home. I mean, I had I had five guys that were driving five hours a day round oh. trip to work at our shop in Oxnard. Yeah. Now those five guys are out here in Tennessee. They drive 15, 20 minutes a day to work. That's awesome, though. And you know what? You I know? love I love Tennessee. I think some of my best customers over the years and friends, like in the hot rod business, like Tennessee is just a great spot that has cultivated good hot rod culture, for sure. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, the clientele is good. The people are no, and you know what? You're, are... you're close. Like, like what? You're you're a day shipping from like ten different states. Yeah, one one day shipping to most of the major states around us. It was an eight-hour drive, two days, you know, to Texas. Where Texas was three days before from California. 
um, it's like I said, it's, it's it's just like I said, it's better for everybody involved. And um, well, I'm gonna and there's and there's a lot and there's a lot of talented a lot of talented builders in Tennessee. Too. Oh no, dude! I mean, I mean for sure, for sure. You know, well and um, well, listen, when I want to come out there, can I stay at your mansion? Can, well, I, can I roll in your Bentley? It's not, this well, this, this this might be a mansion compared to my house in California, but it's not a mansion. Some of these houses on my street. Because... Yeah, well, dude, I got to tell you, I live in eleven hundred square feet, so whatever you got's got to be bigger than mine. I'll probably sleep in your garage and think it's a mansion. You know? Well, you could be in my basement. Basement's eighteen hundred square feet. Oh wow! Oh, and it's and it, and it's a movie theater too. Oh shit! Okay, well. Yeah, we we yeah. play pictures of you. We have videos of you on there watching you. Well, you must have a boring ass life, dude. That's all. I <laughs> you moved all the way to Tennessee for that, man. Well, listen, Justin, we're gonna wrap this thing up, man. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but, right. but uh, before we go, Justin, can you uh, let uh, the, our audience members know where they can find you online so they can see uh, your products and your bills and whatnot? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, you can find us online on our website at www.scottshotrods.com, and that is all plural. And you can follow us on Instagram at Scott's Hot Rods, Facebook page, Scott's Hot Rods. Um, and, again, our marketing manager, Cameron Biddy, he gets full credit for doing all that stuff. So that's, that's his game right there. No, he's, he a good, he's a good Hot man, and he's, he's doing a real good job for you, man. Uh, you know what? Um, so people think they're talking to me online. It's not me, guys. You're talking <laughs> to Cameron. Yeah, because he's super fucking nice and not, a, not an asshole. Just <laughs> All right, well, dude, thank you very much, man. You know what? This is right. great. We're going to have you on again. Um, Sounds so, good, guys. All right, dude. You have a good night. We'll yeah, talk right. to you. Talk to you. Justin, yeah. thank you yeah. so much, and thank you to our listeners for listening again to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. We'll be back here again soon with some more stuff. Chris, you want to say good night to our, our listeners? Good night. Good night, guys. Have a good, good one. All right, good night.